What's up, guys? Welcome to Enjoy the Sass. My name is Faith, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Let's get into the episode. We're back. I feel like that's like the fifth time this season of three episodes that I've said that. But hey, guys, we're back yet again after a break. It's uh, We're at a one episode a month start to the year. And you know what? That's okay. I'm working on giving myself grace in that because my goal was to be as consistent about the podcast as I possibly could be this year. And that's just not happened quite yet. So I appreciate you guys for bearing with me. I'm trying to give myself grace in it. I know y'all have given me grace in it. Hopefully in these breaks, you've been able to go catch up on any episodes of the podcast that you've missed so far. And you're following me on Instagram so you can keep up to date with everything going on in my life when I'm not recording for the podcast. Probably puppy sitting, drinking coffee, meal prepping. I'm trying to get into flowers this season. So I'm sure you'll see some of that content as well. But here we are. We're back. Season five, episode three. And today I'm really excited because we're going to deep dive one of my favorite movies, easily top 10. I don't know where it's ranked. I could probably tell you I could pull out my letterboxed list, but we're deep diving one of my favorite movies, The Italian Job. Now, if you haven't listened to my deep dive on that thing you do, go back and listen to that one. It's pretty great, but it'll give you an idea of what I kind of do in this episode. Now, I'm no pro on dissecting films. I probably should be with a film degree, but I just love movies and I like talking about my favorite movies. So this is a great space for me to do so. And I figured why not talk about my favorite movies first and then we can maybe get into some different films, maybe ones that I've never seen that I'm watching for the first time and talking about. I don't know. We're still working on ideas, but I figured for the second episode of the movie series, we will do one of my top favorite movies. And like I said, that's the Italian job. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about kind of what the movie is about, answer a few questions that my engineer and producer Josh gave me similar to the ones that I answered when I did the That Thing You Do episode, and then give you some fun trivia as well. Now, if you want to pause this and go watch the movie and you don't have a DVD like I do, I watched it tonight before I am recording on Paramount Plus. So you can check it out there, get your fill, and then come back and hear my take on the film and some fun trivia after you've watched it for the first time. Or listen to me talk about it and then go watch it and come back and tell me all your thoughts and feelings. And I hope that you feel as warm and fuzzy inside about watching this movie as I do. So without further ado, let's get into it. The Italian Job is a 2003 American heist action film directed by F. Gary Gray and starring an ensemble cast consisting of Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, Edward Norton, Jason Statham, Seth Green, most deaf, and Donald Sutherland. An American remake of the 1969 British film by the same name, but with an original story, the plot follows a motley crew of thieves who plan to steal gold from a former assassin who double-crossed them. Despite the shared title, the plot and the characters of this film differ from its source material. The director, F. Gary Gray, described the film as an homage to the original. How can you not just want to watch a movie that has quite the ensemble cast like this one does? I mean, come on. It's pretty fantastic. 
usually I like to talk about my overall feelings for the film, but I think it's pretty clear that this is one of my favorite movies. So we're just going to jump right into it with the first question. And that is, what were the circumstances of my first watch? Was it recommended to me with someone, a cold watch, etc.? Like my other favorite movie, That Thing You Do, this film was introduced to me when I was a kid by my parents. I want to say when I was like 12 or 13, I feel like I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure my parents could maybe tell you when they first introduced the film to me. Like I said, it came out in 2003, so I was around 10, 11. I don't know, fast math. Someone can figure it out. I was born in 1992. I was 11. There you go. There's the fast math for you. So I probably saw this about a year or so after it came out. Um, It's a relatively clean film. Now it is rated PG-13, I believe. Yes, it's rated PG-13. Just had to fact check myself really fast. It's rated PG-13 because there is some language and probably some crude themes. I'm not exactly sure why it has that rating. So my first impression of this film as a young 12, 13 year old, somewhere in there was, I love an action heist movie. I'm pretty sure I saw the Oceans movies sometime soon after or around this time as well. So kind of those kinds of movies were my favorite. I loved Star Wars. I love Lord of the Rings. So these kinds of movies were a big part of the movies that I loved. I'm pretty sure we probably watched Indiana Jones as well. You know, some of those kinds of movies that that are that action-y heist, but they're not scary and they're not too, too violent. Um, appropriate for a kid to an extent, you know, with parental supervision kind of vibes. So I loved this movie for those things. I could watch it. I wasn't scared. It was exciting. And I mean, who doesn't love Marky Mark? And Charlize Theron, right? You all know my favorite movie, That Thing You Do, is Charlize Theron's first movie role. So this is a fun follow-up to that, seeing her several years later doing a great film. Now, I will say, we'll talk about that later, but some of some of her action and lines in this film are a little bit cringy, but so is everyone else's. So <laughs> next thing. What stuck out to me on my first watch? I think it's pretty obvious. It was the action and the excitement of the heist. And I also loved there are Mini Coopers all throughout the film, the car. Um, And they're just so fun and cute. And I loved that that's the car that they drove instead of these like fast sports cars. Now it plays into the heist and the reasoning for all of that, which I won't get into because I don't want to spoil it if you've never seen it. I'll be respectful of that. But go watch the movie. Pretty sure you'll fall in love with Mini Coopers all over again or for the first time. Also, they have a lot of random little acronyms and great little lines sprinkled into the movie that I loved. I love a good acronym. And if you know the movie, you know that they have an acronym for fine, for the word fine, which is freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And I say that with my friends, with my dad, with my mom all the time. Like we use that acronym all the time. So it's definitely stuck with me since then, which is fun. 
So that brings us to the next thing, which is what are things that I've noticed on subsequent watches? And the biggest thing tonight that I noticed was the cheese factor is pretty high. I mean, it's it's your classic action movie with comedic elements and with a slight romance. So of course, of course, there's going to be some cheese to it. And then the other thing that I noticed was that Edward Norton's character is super entitled and annoying. Um, his name's Steve. And I just found myself being very annoyed by him, which you're supposed to. He's the villain. Spoiler. Not really. It's pretty clear from the beginning. But I just found myself being extra annoyed with him and his entitlement throughout this film. Again, which is the thing that I pulled from that thing you do was also about entitlement. So that's interesting. Um, also in this last time that I watched and probably times before was how predictable the twist is at the beginning, just paying closer attention to the characters kind of made me realize how predictable it was, which is fine. Cause I still love it, but it was something that I noticed was like, Oh, yeah, that's it's it's very apparent to me what's going to happen. So that was interesting. Um so what was the journey like for this to be one of my favorite movies? And again, honestly, this is very similar to that thing you do, um which it landed in my top my top phase pretty early into the viewing for all the reasons I've already listed. It's an action movie, etc. And then why this movie? Why is this one of my favorite movies? And what do I love about it? Uh, Again, similar to that thing you do, it's the nostalgia, the camaraderie of the team, the actors, the humor, the action, the script, um, and the excitement. Like I still, even tonight was like, oh, I just felt that like rush, you know, of, what's going to happen? Even though I've seen it so many times, I know exactly what's going to happen. I also used to wish that I could crack safes and I would pretend that I could just like Stella, Charlize's character in the movie. I would pretend that I could crack a safe by touch or by hearing. So that was, you know, that's, that's a fun little memory, um, of just how impressionable we are as kids, I guess. Does this movie have any flaws? You know, probably. Actually, yes, it does. It, Like I said, there's a lot of cheese and there's a lot of cringy moments. And honestly, there's some stuff that it's like, oh, I don't think that would fly today. Um, but I feel like that's natural and normal in a film made in 2003 that also has a primarily male ensemble cast. So I'm not going to get too much into the flaws because I love this movie. I'm going to watch it even with its flaws. And I think that's the sign of a, of a favorite movie is when you can look past the flaws and still enjoy the film. So what do I like or dislike about the casting? So tonight when I was researching, while I was watching the film, I learned that most of the characters, the main characters were the first choice for the roles or they were recommended by other actors. Um, like Charlize was the first choice of the director to play Stella, but she was also recommended by Mark Wahlberg and Mark Wahlberg was the first choice to play Charlie. 
So that was really fun. I think everyone in their different roles did a great job. I read that Mark Wahlberg wanted to play Steve, the villain, Ed Norton's character, but the director said, no, I want you to play Charlie, which I think was perfect. I can't imagine Mark Wahlberg as a villain in this film. So that's fun. And Ed Norton plays a fantastic bad guy. And I don't think he gets talked about enough, but Seth Green played the Napster quote, and he's just goofy and hilarious and honestly has some really great lines that probably are a little bit underrated. So I really love the cast of this film. I think it is fantastic. I think that each character is portrayed perfectly by the actor who's playing them. And honestly, I don't think I would change anything. Um, I don't think I would recast anyone. So that's pretty, pretty much a great thing for this film. What's next? Oh, what do you dislike or like about the score and the soundtrack? So I hadn't really paid attention to the soundtrack of this film much aside from the song, the catchy songs, because it has really catchy songs in this film. Um, but tonight, as I was paying more attention to this, I really noticed how the soundtrack and the score hit the beats perfectly, like between the action heist sequences and the kind of more serious and calm moments and the sad moments and the excited moments. Um, it all just is paced and hits the beats perfectly. And that's something I really appreciate in a film where it's not distracting, but it's not, well, it's not distracting. It's not overbearing. It's just kind of that right balance of sound and music to go along with what's happening on screen. And so it's really nice to listen to. I hadn't really paid too, too much attention to it before, but listening to it tonight, really, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. Okay. So the next question is one of my favorite questions, and that is, what do you perceive is the message or theme of the movie? And what does it mean to you personally? So the thing I took away tonight when I was watching was that sometimes the good guys win. <laughs> um, even though technically they're thieves, so they're not the best of people, but the better of the bad guys win. And family is what you make of it sometimes. Um, now I have a really amazing family, obviously. Um, but also I have friends and people in my life who I would consider to be be to me like family. And that is like Charlie in this film. He doesn't really have a lot of family that we know of, but his crew are his family and it's their mission. They make it their mission to avenge one of their own. And so just that portrayal of family and friendship and camaraderie is really beautiful. And in a season where I'm working on community, it's nice to see people come together for something that they care about. Even though in this film, like I said, technically they're thieves. So they probably should be in jail, but it's still nice to see them come together. You know, again, it is a movie, so we can take some liberties with the lessons that we learn here. <laughs> okay, next. 
this is one of my favorite parts of this is sharing some of my favorite lines from the movie with you. I already shared one, which was, you know what fine stands for, don't you? Yeah, unfortunately. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. This is a conversation right at the beginning of the movie between Charlie and John. And it's just it's just about one of my favorite lines. Um, like I said, we quote that one a lot in my house. Um, and then the next one is between Left Ear, who is played by Most Deaf, and he's hilarious. And he says, oh, man, this dude's got dogs. I don't do dogs. I had a bad experience, man. And Charlie says, what happened? And Left Ear says, I had a bad experience. We quote that so often. I just love just the intonation of it is so good. And then the last one, probably the most iconic. I'm not going to read the whole exchange, but the final line is, we do it like the Italian job. And then there's a swish and he shoots the ball into the basketball hoop. Iconic. As one of my favorite podcasters, Knox McCoy would say, it passes the titular line test because they literally say the title of the movie in the movie. So (laughs) that's the titular line test, but it's one of my favorite scenes and lines because it's just so iconic with the shooting of the basketball and everything. So those are a few of my favorite lines. And if those don't make you want to watch the movie, I don't know what will. So maybe it's Marky Mark shooting a basketball. Okay. How many times have I watched this movie? I say... I wrote down 10, maybe 20, but I think honestly, it's probably been more than that, like closer to 30 to 50, because it's at least been once or twice a year for the last 15 years. So however, however many times that is, it's been a lot. I watch it a lot. I'll always suggest it if we can't find something else to watch. I watch it just casually on my own pretty often. So, so 30, give or take 20. And then how often do I rewatch it? Like I said, at least once a year, maybe more, probably more. And then I'm making references to it all the time and introducing friends to it who've never seen it because who doesn't like to introduce their friends to movies that they love? I do. I recommend it to everyone. So If you've never seen it, I would recommend you go watch it. I mean, who doesn't love an action heist movie with some romance and some comedy? Plus, I mean, Mark Wahlberg, come on. Like, hello, it's so good. (laughs) And then the last question before I get to some trivia is, if you could write a prequel or a sequel to the movie, what would the premise be? Who would you cast? What would it be called? Honestly, I would probably say The Italian Job 2, or before the Italian job, um, because my thinking is we're doing a prequel about how John, Donald Sutherland's character, found Charlie, Mark Wahlberg's character, when he was a little kid thief. Because in the movie, you learned that he's been thieving since he was in baby teeth. Um, (laughs) Mark Wahlberg's going to be the narrator. Donald Sutherland's probably in there somewhere. But I'd say we're going to span from middle school to college-aged Charlie, thieving his way through life, 
It's an origin story. We get some Mark Wahlberg towards the end, probably aged down a little bit, you know, and you just, you just learn about him. Maybe Charlize shows up in there at some point or his crew. I don't know. I want to see the origin of Charlie becoming a thief. I think that'd be hilarious. But a fun fact, and then I'll get into more trivia. When this film performed well at the box office, there were rumors of a sequel while it was still in theaters, which that's pretty crazy. But an early script had it set in Brazil, and it was called The Brazilian Job with Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, Jason Statham, and Seth Green attached to come back and play their roles. But unfortunately, it fell apart after people at Paramount left by the end of 2004, and the rough drafts of the script were not going well. But as recently as 2015, Mark Wahlberg said that a sequel was still a possibility. Now, it's 2023, so we're looking at quite a while since, like, 20 years since this movie came out. So I doubt that there will be a sequel, but I just thought that was a pretty fun little fact about the movie that there was a chance and then there was maybe another chance, but I think probably too much time has passed. So I don't think it'll happen. One could dream though, or maybe we make the prequel. (laughs) Call me, Paramount, call me. (laughs) All right. So some more trivia about this movie that I thought was pretty cool. There's a lot out there, so I only am going to give you a few facts to wrap this to wrap this up. Number 1, the actors did most of their stunts even driving down the stairs of the LA Metro, which in Mini Cooper seems terrifying to me, but I thought that was pretty cool. During production, Charlie Stern got two speeding tickets while driving in her own car, both for going more than 40 miles over the speed limit. 40 miles per hour over the speed limit. She said that after filming driving so fast, she just couldn't get her speed down to drive home. She had a need for speed after driving those Mini Coopers all around LA. And then production shut down Hollywood Boulevard and Highland Avenue for seven days to shoot the chase scenes, which had never happened before for filming. So I thought that was pretty Pretty amazing, pretty cool fact about the film. And then speaking of Ed Norton playing a fantastic villain, this just was the icing on the cake of that for me. And it's that he was only fulfilling a Paramount contract because he had signed with Paramount for three films. And this was only, he was only doing this for that contract. And he was very vocal about how miserable he was during filming, including being pretty rude to cast and crew all the time. And then at the end of filming, when the director gave out rap gifts, he returned the gift with a note that said, give this to someone you actually like or someone who actually likes you. How savage. That is wild to me, but he plays a fantastic villain. So I guess maybe that fed into his being a good villain in this. I'm not sure, but I thought that was pretty interesting to hear. I love those kinds of facts. I also found out that there was a behind the scenes documentary made about the making of this movie. So I'm going to go find that and watch it pretty soon. So I'll report back on that on my Instagram, probably before this comes out. But that's my deep dive on the Italian job. Now, did that make you want to watch the movie? I hope so. 
Did you go and watch the movie before you listened to this? I also hope so. So either way, I hope that you have now experienced the Italian job or are going to experience the Italian job and love it just as much as I do. I would love to hear your thoughts, opinions, comments, other trivia you may find. Send me a message. You know where to find me at enjoy the stats on Instagram. You can also shoot me an email or send me a text. All that contact info is in the show notes. You guys, I'm so grateful. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Let me know what movie I should deep dive next or just talk about next, whether it's a movie that's one of my favorites or that I've never seen before and that we can experience together. That sounds really fun too. Again, you know how to find me to be able to do that. Send me a message, DM, whatever you want to do. Go check out my merch on my website, enjoythesass.com. And be sure that you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so you can stay up to date with everything that's going on on Enjoy the Sass. Y'all, it means a lot to me that you have stuck it out with me through the breaks and through the chaos of a new year. And I promise there's more to come, more exciting things around the bend. So just stay tuned because I can't wait for it all. And I want y'all to be right there with me. Love you, mean it, guys. Bye.